right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. That voice you hear, it's TC. I'm back for another week of substitute teaching. We are spread out all over the world. We've got uh, Sally on paternity leave just down the street from me. We've got Randy and Cody en route to London for the AIG Women's Open. We've got, uh, I think Neil's at Tahoe. And then DJ, who knows where DJ is? He's probably at a baseball game somewhere. I'm joined by KVV, who is himself back from vacation yeah deep cuts only tonight tc uh, i have been all over the land the last time i saw you we were in the media center together uh we, we snuck you in for some some covert uh discussions about uh tommy lad and the final round of the open but uh, great to be back i've been off the grid for a couple weeks been bouncing around montana my clubs have been all over the world uh without me uh but we've recently been reunited so uh happy to talk about that too uh, just excited to be here. Well, that was going to be my segue, man. Uh, we are brought today by our friends at Titleist and their new T-Series irons, which just came out here the last week or two. Uh, T-100, T-150, T-200, and T-350 all dropped officially this week. Uh, we were lucky enough to get fit. I got fit out in July at Poppy Hills. I know you got fit in Baltimore. That even. So uh, I believe you're in the 150s. Is that correct? I am. That is correct. And you were uh, reunited after their around the world trip, thanks to yeah. Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> some, uh, if if anybody has been following my uh, sports writer tantrums on uh, on Twitter uh, or on X now, excuse me, uh, I Virgin Atlantic held my clubs hostage for like two weeks. Uh, they won't let you talk to a person, TC, even if you have like status uh, on Delta. It's, it's infuriating. My clubs went to Paris. Then they went to some other place in England, uh, and they couldn't get them to be in England by the time I returned. They went to so Newcastle, they, right? They did go to Newcastle, <laughs> Newcastle on Tyne, I believe, as uh, I'm told it's it's called. Uh, and eventually, they made their way back to uh, Baltimore. But I was already gone. Uh, I had flown, you know, from Manchester to Albuquerque, to where my wife's family is from. So couldn't have them for a while. But you know what? Got them back today, and. Finished. My wife and I played in a little couples alternate shot thing at our club. Finished third. So the T one fifties, the T one fifties are absolutely vibing right now. For Was me. that your first first competitive round with them? Well, I played a little bit uh, certainly, but like first real competitive round where okay. like everything, you know, no uh, no gimmies, no breakfast balls, no anything, you know. So the, the haters and losers are saying that my handicap is fake. They're they're just. They're in tears right now. Well, you've probably got the you know the most well traveled set of T one fifties on the planet right now. I think they, so. They were they were stopping into Newcastle to check on uh, <laughs> you know the Saudi owned team there. Uh, all that. I'm still waiting on mine. Mine. I've, I've got some shafts that that we are waiting on. I actually lost my match this week against Blake Blake, Blake Bortles, uh, who oh. was who was a delight. We had great lunch afterwards. But I'm convinced if I had my T one fifties, I'm currently in the one hundreds and. 150s are on the way. I'm convinced that those are going to be uh, the game changer for me. And a little smoother through the turf, TC. A little smoother through the turf, and just I think, uh, yeah, just I don't know. I want to see that ball fall right. I got some some, some new shafts coming in them, and then uh, kind of change my wedge setup a little bit too. And then I got a T two hundred three three and a half iron 
coming as well. Mm. So mm. stoked for that. Uh, even the three fifties, like I hit the three fifty on the range out at Poppy. It was it was almost like duplicative of my three wood. <laughs> it was going wow. like two thirty. It was crazy. Wow. So I'd like to get get my wife in some of the three fifties. See how that yeah. I think that might uh, she might be dangerous. That's yeah. a thirty six. <laughs> what have you noticed? Like what's been the big change so far? Uh, just feels like more confident for me. Like uh, just standing over the ball. It just feels like I. I don't know, can control the, where the club face is uh, going back a little bit more. So I, yeah, I, I feel, you know, we'll see. We'll get, it's time for me to yeah. maybe get some, get some lessons this year and really make some progress. I'm still hanging around at a nine, but uh, see if I can chip a few off that over before the winter break. comes. All right. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to go back up uh, here. I'm, I'm currently yeah. at 1.4. It's tough. <laughs> Just That's not good. Tough. So anyway, yeah. go get fit. You'll love them. The, the, like the sound of the new T200s is, much improved over the sound of the previous iteration t200s just go get fit trust us they're awesome and that's titleist.com or find a fitter near you Wyndham, gosh you know what i i'll say it i'm a lucas glover homer okay. i i think i you know it's it's probably because he's a really poor putter historically and he's been a just an absolute flusher for many 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 years uh and i just i love watching him hit especially his irons um he's just like that ball is on a string and i don't know to be able to have that sort of self belief and commitment and just you know kind of determination to overcome what he's overcome with the flat stick over the last decade is that i don't know i just i respect the hell out of that and he's always a good interview he's always a thoughtful when you run into him like first time i met him was at bay hill a few years ago and like he didn't know me from Adam. He had just been on our podcast. I went up and introduced myself and we talked for five or six minutes and he was just delightful. So I just got to get voracious, that out there. Voracious reader, TC. That's yeah. what I love about, it. you know, big, yeah. uh, big mysteries and thriller guy. Uh, that, that's, you know, you know, I love the reading content. The, the athletes are out there just diving deep into books. So big uh, Jack Reacher guy, you know, uh, I guess he's read all the way through the Jack Reacher series like multiple times. And, uh, just would love to sit and talk like John Grisham books with uh, Lucas uh, who's out there. And you know what? Great scene with him and his daughter and his son on the 18th green there. Uh, look, professional golf is a grind. These guys have to spend a lot of time away from their families. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the family content, uh, especially the dad daughter stuff. But so seeing his daughter kind of like burst into tears and realize like, Oh, like there's been a, a payoff to all this for, dad basically not you know having to practice having to travel having to sort of live this nomadic life and and him saying you know now i might get to spend a little bit more time going to practices and that stuff man that that got me in the feels i, I was uh i loved that and yeah the, the the putting thing too like i i was wondering if as you as someone who's uh you know struggled with putting have you ever have you ever thought about going to the long putter at, at any point in your life and i know that's a kind of a break glass scenario but has that ever crossed your mind you know what we were um god randy and i played in the pro-am down at the the cme like the tour championship on the on, on the lpga tour down at tiburon in naples this was like i don't know a few years ago and we played with allison lee and she had this long putter that was it was like a i don't know it was shorter than your regular long putter like I was rolling it so well on the practice green afterwards with it. And she's like, I, I should, you're like, you should get one of these or whatever. <laughs> now the claw has, has completely. Claws revitalized you. Yeah. It's completely resurrected my game, but 
but yeah, overall, like, I, I don't know. I, it's cool to see guys just no have no shame and try anything. And he's clearly not anchoring either. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, the long putter guys that aren't anchoring. I know there's some out, out there that are anchoring, but he's not anchoring, yeah. which makes me. No, definitely not. Yeah, exactly. So uh, how much money do you think Lucas Glover's made on the PGA Tour? Official money. Oh, man. Official money. $23 million? $29 million. I'm not sure if that includes Ooh. today's payday, which could have taken okay. him up over 30. But, it, it, you know, it's always wild when you hear, like, he, he's been on tour since 2004. Uh, this was his, I think his fifth PGA Tour win. Ties him with Jonathan Bird for most by a Clemson guy. He's played in 511 tour events. He's got 59 top 10 finishes, 26 top fives. And uh, I don't know. It's just, like he, he, he's been out there 19 years now. And he's been grinding for 19 years, and he's and he he doesn't want to go play in the mule events. He wants to play. He wants, to, <laughs> he wants just a big dick events only. That Love was that. that was kind of his thing. He's like, hey, like I'm playing yep. too much. I want to be home with my kids. I want to be at practices, all this. But I thought that 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 kind of dovetailed with some of his comments from earlier in the week. I'm not sure if you were you were off the grid or if you saw these at all. Saw a little bit of them, but I'd love for you to review them for the uh, Yeah. People. So he was asked to describe the difference between this year's top 70 advancing the FedEx Cup playoffs and the former model of top 125 advancing, which we can get to our thoughts on it. But uh, Lucas did not hold back. This is per Adam Shupak at Golf Week. Uh, he said, it's very contrived to me, the whole thing. I don't even really understand it. I think if you finish in the top 125, I don't know why you don't get to play next week. That's my opinion. I think it's silly that it's only 70. I think it's silly that we're playing 70 in these elevated events. I think it's silly. I think it's taken a lot of these last few tournaments of the regular season, a lot of that drama, and I think it's just silly. Um, goes on to say, it feels like the toothpaste is out of the tube. Some guys who are pushing for 70 are now backtracking a little bit. I don't know if it's because they are outside the top 70 or they actually understand it's kind of silly. We're touting ourselves as the best tour in the world, so why wouldn't you reward the best 125 guys and let them play in the biggest events? Same with the elevated events. You finish 125th on the best tour in the world, and you're in one elevated event. That's silly to me. and always has been. It doesn't make any sense to me. Shit's silly, man. Not as silly as. Yeah, he says, uh, he, he continues, uh, it's, a, it's a waste of breath, a waste of time. I've been out here long enough to know that it doesn't matter. The pack is useless. They're going to do what they're going to Oof. do. And then he said, maybe now we can get some smarter people in the room and talk some sense into them. Uh, talking about Tiger getting on the board and some other, mm-hmm. you know, kind of some fresh blood there. I don't understand why it's going to be 70 or 80. We've, we've seen the World Golf Championship model doesn't work. We don't play those anymore. So why that number? They have models and all this and all that, but no one has convinced me that this is better than the other guys. We stood there to be rewarded and most pushed for it, and our brass thought they had to appease them. That's the case. That's the case. da 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 da, da. Then he also said, uh, which this will tie to some stuff we talk about later, uh, something was inevitable, whether it was PIF or private equity or something. We couldn't continue to go down the road that we were going. Anyone with a brain knows the tour didn't have the money. Liv was going to drag this lawsuit out as long as they could. The tour can't prop up $20 million purses forever. Pretty sure the sponsors don't want to do it either. They're not getting the return. That's evident. We know that too. We've got some valuations of under $5 million and you're asking the sponsor for $20 million. That doesn't work. So of course, we were going to have to do something. It was just a matter of where the money was coming from. Wow. I don't necessarily agree with him on it on, on all this, but shout out to him for just letting it rip, you know? Yeah. Also, respect to Adam for like sensing that Lucas was like ready to go off, right? That pulling him aside and being like, hey, 
Uh, would you like to just basically, you know, tell tales, <laughs> spill as much as you can? Uh, that's that's good reporting, just in the sense of sensing when someone has a you know a, a bone to pick a little bit. I I don't know. I, I was thinking about this a lot today. We can dive into this in a sec more, but like. If you don't really have a chance to win the FedEx Cup at like 120, like why do I why should I care at all that yeah. you are missing the thing? Like 70 seems like a pretty fair. Well, and I'm know, sure cutoff. like I'm sure Lucas is like a big football fan, right? right? Like you know, not like all right, like if you finish like 11th in the ACC, you don't get to like make the playoffs. You don't, you right. know, I mean at this point <laughs> The bowl games are a sham and like, I won't go there, but like, you're not going to make the college football playoff or you're not going to make like it, you know, like a playoff should be rewarding good play. Right. And we always say it, there's too many cards to begin with. Like they're like, you know, there's guys outside, like, all right, like you shouldn't get a trophy for being inside that top 125. Like, I feel like, you know, you're getting money, you're getting a card for next year, you're getting some some sort of status for next year if you're between 70 and 125 and you're going to have to play the fall events or some of them and strengthen that or whatever but i don't know i i'm kind of coming around to the top 70 thing I, I feel it feels a little arbitrary for like 70 to 50 to 30 moving along um but like 70 last year at uh i'd say like bmw like being out there like it's clean right like you don't have to worry about you know split T starts and you know, like you're going to Memphis, you're going to Chicago, going to Atlanta. There's, there's rain delays, there's thunderstorms, there's all that sort of stuff. Like make, you know, make the playoffs feel a little bit special. And I think that's one of the things that the, that the tours failed so much at with the designated events, elevated events. Now I guess they're calling them signature events is it didn't feel differentiated at all. Mm -hmm. Right. I think too, like one thing that's always bugged me about the playoff stuff is just how everybody's kind of like weary and they're all kind of like done and they just want to like go out there and like have easy golf. And as a fan, it's just sort of like, it's the only sport where the playoffs get easier than the regular season where it's like, you know, I was there at caves Valley when they were threatening to shoot 30 under and yeah. Bryson who did shoot 58 today shot, you know, had a putt lip out for 60 and it was just like, man, like, I remember Rory and I kind of like going back and forth a little bit and I was like, well, like, shouldn't there be like some sort of, you know, challenge in the playoffs? And he was like, yeah, but you know, like it's, what can we do? Like the weather is what it is. Like the courses are what they are. Like you don't have it at Case Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't know. You're right. Like I, I just feel like there has to be something that makes you interested in this stuff. And I don't think like I've on the full field of 125 dudes is, is going to do it. At least, at least make it feel a little yeah. bit special. And maybe this does, I mean, for the first time today with JT sort of like, you know, on the edge of making it or not making it was the first time it ever felt like the NFL in those last few like regular season games where a team that has been in the playoffs a bunch and doesn't want to miss is like thinking like, oh, I can salvage my season. If I just make the playoffs, you never know what might happen. They're grinding, they're fighting, and then they fall short. And that's like great drama. And this was the first time that golf has ever really felt like that at all for the FedEx stuff because JT was someone who's been mattered in the sport for quite a while. And so I think that element of it worked. The fact that he didn't make it was kind of good in a lot of ways because it's yeah. like, okay, there's consequences to playing shitty in the regular season. It definitely meant more than – there were more consequences inherent with that than with 
in the past when somebody finishes, like Zach Blair, a good friend of ours, finished 126th. Yeah. He still gets like 18 starts the next year, right? Like it doesn't, you know, whereas like if you're not guaranteed to get in those those events next year, that's there's a downside there. Like the whole thing's contrived if it's 70 or if it's 125. It doesn't really matter either way. Like it's going to, you know, it's going to, there's going to be drama on either side of that break. It, it's just a matter of like, I think this year would, because it was JT was probably the first time that it's actually like the margin has been a lot closer to those top, you know, those top end players. Like you would have thought watching the tournament today that JT was like, that was the only thing that mattered for the first, you know, for the last like, you know, two hours that he was on the course or whatever. And props to him for fighting, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was good drama. Going back to Lucas, I think he, you know, he had he had a couple of good breaks down the stretch. Uh, Eighteen, he hits hits it off of it's a it's a cop. <laughs> try that. He in hit a, a cop. Try that in a small town, <laughs> Lucas. All right. You had to be sick if you're Russell Wilson getting like Russell landing Han in two like Russell Russell sorry Mr. Mr. Unlimited Mr. is on my brain. <laughs> Russell Hanley, you know, drives it and it rolls back into a divot, and then he has a, another sort of like just a punch out that ends up buried in that awful bermuda sort of face and then lucas rips one way left and it bounces off a cop cart <laughs> it's like just oblivious sitting there I, my wife was like what's the guy even doing there he's obviously like could be filling divots or something with sand well and then yeah oh when 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 henley rolled back into that divot that was like the size of the grand canyon because i think a yeah. couple other guys had rolled into that same divot this week as well how does that divot not get filled in at all like how, how is there not a grounds crew overnight like <laughs> trying to take care of that divot i don't get it and then and then and then glover lays up on 18 which really caught me off guard because I was looking yeah. for the ball to come out of a totally different window. I'm different like, window. Holy shit! Did he just hit it in the creek? And then, <laughs> then you realize he laid up, and then he gets him now for par. So, you know, all credit to him. I think when he came back out of the rain delay, and had that slippery, slippery downhiller, um, you know, left left the 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 chip shot a little bit short, kind of blazes it by, and then it's got you know seven, eight feet coming straight down the hill and, and jars it. It was like, oh man, like that was that was a pretty do or die moment for him um but yeah that that the uh rain delay was just kind of a you know a stopper for henley like he was you know bogey free and just it was it was you know it was it was just kind of a stopper for the whole day too because nance and immelman and the guys had to fill an hour and 20 minutes of dead time and it was pretty admirable like they did a good job amanda did a good job with interviews there in player dining you know, Horschel, JT, a bunch of people came on, but man, it was tough. And then as soon as they're ready to come back out, you know, it goes to Golf Channel and then Golf Channel kicks Corn Ferry Tour to like the NBC Sports app and like, you know, Peacock minus or something. So, you know, first time KFT is on, on TV in, in, in months and it's, it's like, all right, cool. Sorry, guys. One more uh, Lucas Glover thing, TC. Yeah. You know, I, uh, years ago when, not years ago, I guess it was like a year ago when I was at ESPN and, uh, you know, the whole, um, Phil was like, had gone incognito. He had basically, you know, banished himself from, to sort some things out after his comments. And ESPN was like, well, we got to talk to as many people as we can about Phil, you know, and see what they think about whether they want him back or whether they don't. So I went out to, uh, was when, uh. It was down at uh, TPC Avenue, that uh, whatever that the thing that uh, Denny McCarthy almost won, I think, or he won. Oh, you talking about the uh, the Wells Fargo? Yes, I had it there. Yes. 
Because they were having Quail Hollow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Correct. Literally can't remember who won. Uh, might have been Max. Uh, could have been Danny McCarthy. No, no memory whatsoever. Uh, and so I was spent the day kind of talking to people and I went up to Lucas and I was like, Hey Lucas, like, you know, Kevin from ESPN. He's like, Hey, yo, how are you doing? I was like, look, I, I got to write this Phil story. Like, is, is there any way you might be able to talk about Phil for five minutes? And he was like, yeah, I don't think I'm the right guy for this one. So I'm going to take a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a great answer. Like that is just, some people would just bullshit you and be like, you know, oh, Phil's a good dude. Phil's a, or, or Phil's, you know, has got his opinions, but he was just like, Nope, not going there. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. I love it. I think Henley, I don't know. I'm getting to the point with Henley where we'll talk Ryder Cup here in a sec, but mm. is he deserving of of a look? You know what I saw? Something that was interesting is that there's like this, Ben Colley, friend of the program, was yeah. talking about this. There's this like narrative that Russell Henley is like a great putter and no. it's just really not true. <laughs> like not even inside the top 100 in putting. And as you know, like if you go to that claw, You've you've had some issues with the putting but before. It's not just he's but just like he's a I mean, bomb-ass iron player. Like he's he, a great great ball striker. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I I don't know enough about Marco Simone. I am excited to see this uh, this video that we got coming out. <laughs> Allegedly, soon this it's week. coming out this. <laughs> Allegedly week. coming out. Excuse <laughs> me. There are some. The, I keep hearing what a clown course it is from Solly. Who knows if you know his uh, opinions are are factual or if they're just you know this anti-European bias. Uh, but uh, I think they got to think seriously about, look, I've been a Keegan Bradley guy. I know that, that, uh, that's not your tempo, but I think they need to bring one like person like that. Who's sort of been on the outside of the sort of stuff who can just drive it well, hit great irons. And then like, we'll figure out like the playing stuff. They've kind of got, they've kind of got Harmon for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would just say, and you know, I'm not sure like him, you know, he seems like kind of a wild card, kind of a, not bad, but just kind of a, you know, a different cat Henley does, yeah. you know, so I'm not sure if he jives and, and, and all that, but yeah, I don't know. I just like to see more guys that kind of, you know, have, have that grit to them and not necessarily just the top, you know, ball strikers in the world who, you know, feast on match on, on stroke play. So sure. I did love how he was basically like, I mean, he got those bad breaks and there was no like exhausted size. There was no like totally throwing a fit, complaining to the rules official, needing a second ruling or whatever. He's like, okay, cool. Like this is Meanwhile, what I asked for. And- you know, Solly's on paternity leave and he's, and he's, he's, he's furious about him. And he's like, this is crazy. <laughs> These rub of the greens. And I'm like, Hey man, this is, this is why we play the golf. You know, we're Where's not going to new- simulate it. Wow, where's that new dad perspective that exactly. I thought we'd get? I mean, we should congratulate Sly. I don't know if it's been on the pod yes. yet, but uh, no. you know, his, his daughter was born uh, this week, and so I'm sure uh, he and his wife are are yeah. appreciative of all the sort of thanks and congrats and stuff that they've got. Amen. So was, yeah, perspective incoming. Well, hey, the yeah. girl dads all, all abound. You know, I'm all for more girl dads. You know, you missed out on that yourself, but you know, there's still time. Oh, we're, we're done. <laughs> okay. uh, he's also blown away by the poop perspective and yeah. poop incoming. So. There's a lot of poop. You can't, yeah. you can't really like overestimate how much yeah. poop there is. Yeah. Speaking of poop, Billy Horschel mm. didn't play well today. 72, didn't. but I think glass half full, some really good form from him here. Kind of finishing out the, the regular season. I imagine we'll see him a couple times here in the fall and wouldn't be shocked if he wins in the fall. Uh, 67, 62, 63, 72 seemed like he had a great attitude about it. I don't know. I've really, I've, I've been critical of Billy in the past, just, you know, kind of be a loud mouth sometimes, but 
Um, so can I, right? Um, sure. And he's, you know, he's he's really, I don't know, like I, I thought it was cool when he was super open and honest and forthright and, you know, about kind of everything he was struggling with, with the swing and he's just been been battling and I think there's some good things on the horizon for him. Be remiss if we didn't mention Ben on today too, T2. Which, by the way, Ben on both of his parents Olympians, according to the did not know CBS that. crew today. Yeah, uh, both both of them played ping pong uh, in the Olympics. Wow! So both of them uh, South Korean. Yeah, like the, yeah. For okay. for uh, and and it was the it, it was the Olympics in Seoul. Uh, oh, I believe wow. the '88 Olympics. So now Amanda asked him if he's a nasty ping pong player. He said he's not. Wow! It's just shocking. So wow. I would have like, you ever played yeah. have you ever played like a really high level ping pong player? Not like high level. I've played like some friends that are really, really good and like way too competitive. But yeah, no, I would get worked. So I was a pretty good like casual ping pong player because I had a ping pong table in my parents' basement when growing up. And I thought I was sort of hot shit. And yeah. so when I I was like a newspaper intern and I went to the the state, like Montana State Games, and played the state champion, uh, the women's state champion in ping pong, to sort of like as a write a story about it. I think I I might have won like two points. Like she, the spin that they put on the ball is just like you. If you don't, un, if you can't balance. see the spin or like yeah. the sort of things that they do, you got no chance. Like the tennis style of ping pong that I played was like the joke to her. She had to basically like take it easy on me at the end. Uh, uh, just for me to sort of not walk away scoreless. So we uh, we had a ping pong table in, in the basement growing up as well. Neil and I we had some. I think we had fist fights at the end of oh nice ping pong matches, broken paddles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, because there was there were certain paddles too that you wanted. Like there were the soft, yes. the softer paddles, and then there soft were the ones, ones you could put spin on it. The hard ones, kind so, of yeah. the the you know the rubber that was kind of inverted on the other ones. So yeah, I would like I would pay to see a a PGA tour ping pong tournament totally like they should I would pay to see him do yeah. pickleball too like there's yeah. a lot of guys with like really good hands i think that'd be this is what they also they, there needs kyle porter came out sort of throw this idea out recently about how there needs to be like a skills challenge of like an all-star weekend of the pj tour or whatever all of golf since we're you know it's a there's a potential merger going on and i think that would be super fun to like have them play some pickleball have them play some ping pong have them do Shipping contest, driving contest, but then also, you know, I don't know, play three on three basketball. Like all of that would be awesome. You know, I bottom line though, I hope they don't have a ping pong table in the Ryder Cup locker room because it's, you know, it's a serious competition. We can't be having yeah. that, right? Cornhole, maybe. Do you think that Ben Ben's uh like since both of his parents were Olympians, does he get to skip his South Korean uh, military stuff? I would be that because that's the deal. Like if you're an Olympian, or no, it's Olympic medal if you win. Yeah, medal, so. I don't know. That's. Great. I'm not sure if like the transitive property, you know, it, it goes to the mother, it goes to the father, or whatever. It feels like it should. Like yeah. if you if you've brought glory to your country through both of your parents, and you've become a professional athlete too, that that ought to be an out there. Wouldn't Ben? I mean, he's like 31. He probably would have done it already. Yeah. So this is clearly we should have researched this if we were going yeah. to dive deep into it. Crazy though. I mean, he's up to 30. He finished 37th FedEx Cup heading into the playoffs. So up from 52nd. So long putter stuff. It's making waves. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of longish putters, Webb Simpson. First uh first resurface. First top ten since like March, I think. March or April. So yeah. Little resurgence from him there. 
as well. One yeah. of his kids is named Wyndham, right? So playing <laughs> well in the Wyndham. You know, it's funny. We Someone asked when Neil and I were doing that Q&A with Wyndham Clark uh, in uh, England last week, someone was like, oh, how, how come you've never won the Wyndham championship? And he was like, that's a great question. It's because I put too much pressure on myself. I want I want Wyndham to win the Wyndham. I was like, wow. <laughs> I thought he would have just like blown that off and like thought it was lame. But no, he he does really care about it. That'd be a layup sponsorship too, you know? Totally. What else we got? We'll go down the leaderboard a little bit before we get to some other kind of news and Please notes. Do. Uh, Michael Kim, T5, did not make the playoffs, 79th. But, you but know, how about Michael Kim's career, like having, you know, resurrected totally. this year and become not only like a good golfer again, but a delightful, delightful Twitter follow. Yeah, he's been awesome. It's been uh, a, a pleasure to watch him kind of pull himself up off the mat and really engaging and thoughtful in the process. Gosh, another guy who fell just short of the playoffs, Adam Scott, 63 today. Go from 81st to 72nd, but does not get it done. I, I'm not sure if a birdie on 18 would have uh, would have sealed the deal for him. But um, again, there's just I don't know. I don't mind this top 70. I think it I think it works. I think there's more there's more there's more guys missing that you would give a shit about, right? Yeah, Adam Scott being 43 makes me feel old, frankly. Speaking, I, speaking of long putters, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to go to the long putter. Yeah. <laughs> Good week for Cam Davis. He kind of solidified his spot. Went from 69th to 62. Gosh, Brendan Todd, Adam Svensson. Svensson let me down this week. Started with 63 and then just kind of petered out. The, the fund was relying upon him mm. this week. Uh, JT Poston kept it rolling at Wyndham. He always seems to play well here. T7. Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. T12. Went from 156 to 137 in the FedEx Cup. Uh, and then, and then of course, JT when six, you know, 70, 65, 66, 68, great Eagle on 15, bogeyed 16. And then, you know, a couple of wayward drives missed it left on, on 17 and 18. Um, and then, you know, almost chipped in on 18, which was you know, really, really, really cool. Like hooking iron shot around the way, which, you know, earlier in the week, he, he was in a similar spot and tried to get relief from TIO. <laughs> as well so but you know valiant effort i'm just i'm just not buying like the the whole Ryder cup thing that's hey this guy like he just wants it so much so he should be on the team because he wants it so hard so i i very publicly during the uh the open championship wrote a column saying i'm still bullish on him then he went out and uh, played even worse and missed the 3m uh which made me waver a little bit i i will say I think that he's figured out something to where in the last couple of weeks of hard work where he's playing like reasonable again, he's not going to go out and shoot 81 or whatever. He's not going to do what Patrick Reed did at the Paris uh, Ryder cup. Speaking of Ryder cups. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I I'm, I'm definitely wavering a little bit, but I do think having someone with experience who's played well, really well at match play matters. I think he'll still get picked. I think that we, especially like with what happened that Zach will be justified enough in his own mind and saying like, yeah, well, I just wanted to see some good golf. I wanted to see like that he was willing to, you know, put in the work, dig it out. Like we know. Yeah. I mean, and plus like, look, Spieth's going to be there. So you got to pair Spieth with somebody and Spieth's going to hit it all over the map or whatever. The two of them can have shown that they can figure this stuff out. Their styles uh, managed to sort of, work well they don't like 
pout and blame each other when they're all over hell and or that like you know one of my favorite things about that like shot that jordan hit at the at whistling where it was like went straight up in the air and he almost fell in the lake is like jt didn't make that putt you know it's like the most heroic amazing shot that like jt couldn't cash in on they they're just they're who you know they're friends they're best men in each other's wedding like that shouldn't count for everything but it counts for a little bit and i think i would still probably lean on taking him there's a reason that you know we haven't won in paris in or excuse me in uh, in, not paris in europe in 30 plus years and a lot of people think that like it would be sort of like a you know good old boys sort of kind of thing. I think that what the US did wrong for so long was like just be like, oh yeah, let's take the eleventh and twelfth guy without really thinking about whether this matters for a team or whether like this guy's good in match play. It's just like, well, we can't like pass over the twelfth or thirteenth guy. You know, they've earned it or they've, you know, we'll t- I mean, to me, like JT's he's he's cleared the bar for having enough credibility for being either our best match play player or I shouldn't say our because I know you're your team Europe guy yeah thank you but the U.S. is uh best match play player and I think that you know he's showing enough signs of life that that stuff ought to matter if he was st- yeah. if he can't come out in Wyndham and like miss the cut again I'd be like gotta leave him home like there's no I think this though, isn't enough time. I think where I'm struggling especially with his performance even this week is he was 47th off the tee he lost lost strokes lost almost a stroke on the week in approach play he was number one in strokes gained around the green and he was 23rd in putting okay well those those are good signs you know <laughs> i mean but it's, it feels atypical right it feels yeah 47th and 50 in, in 56 like like tee to green he, I, I you know he was he was 22nd tee to green but that was buoyed by around the green okay so, so let's say that I'm I'm full of shit. I'm part of the old guard. I'm I'm you know one of the corrupt media who wants JT to come. Who should go in his place? Well, that's where I'm struggling. That's where I'm coming around a little bit to you guys because the rest of these guys are absolutely crowning him. They're not mm. doing shit. I mean, all right. So you've got you've got Scotty, Wyndham, Harmon, Kepka, Shoffley, Cantlay. Those guys are on. Mm-hmm. I would assume you know. Uh, one of the ass caps said uh Homa. Freddie yeah, Freddie. Yeah. Uh Max, Cameron Young, Spieth, they're on. So that so that's nine right there. You've got to think Big Dick Rick is on. Yeah. Right? I Which mean he's I, he's earned it. He's yeah. he's putted putting great. Like he's played great overall. Pair him with he's, anybody. Like, yeah. you know, he's good in the team room. So that's ten. In these last two spots, like I I, I don't know. I mean, do you really want Keegan on the team? Like with you know, I'm still still pro Keegan. Keegan played so good in two Ryder Cups. You know, I don't know about course fit there. Morikawa hasn't done much at all. Burns hasn't done anything lately. See, there's a there's a big golfer out there who just shot a pretty. Yeah, well, good that's round. The, you, you let me right into it. I don't know if we're ready for the segue. We've got plenty more PGA Tour stuff to say, but the well, dude shot 58 today. You know, with a bogey. Look, even on a sort of prefer, even playing preferred lies. Even like on a course where it's pitch and putt, it's still really freaking hard to shoot 58 with a bogey uh, he, and no eagles. With a bogey, yeah, he's he's figured something out with his golf swing recently. Uh, I don't know, like if the other guys on the team can stand him. I do think it matters, like having sued the tour, having yeah. your name on the lawsuit, and those guys, you know, I don't think there's any way they're going to put him on the team. 
I don't think so either. But I think I can sort of understand the argument of like, well, you, he was on your most dominant team ever. Like you managed to make it work. Like maybe just silo the live guys together, basically make him and Brooks just play on the same squad. Be like, all right, you guys just go and bash and win your matches and you know we'll drink champagne afterwards if we win it also makes you wonder too i mean bryson you know bryson wins going away and the crushers can't even get it done today it's disgraceful they finished you know they, they were they were three back of torque minus you know, 46 noticed, and three back i noticed that uh matthew wolf you know when he was playing so well earlier in the week at brooks was like sharing some some clips on uh you know his instagram about you know how well that was going for team smash i i've I wonder if maybe like Matt Wolf, you know, maybe it was just the ass kicking he, he needed from Brooks to light a fire under him again, play well. Yeah, Wolf, you know, t- t- tied for third, three way tied for third with Blandy, uh, David, don't call me Yasiel Puig, and 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 Matt Wolf. So you know, minus sixteen. Uh, I think Blandy's playing well enough, probably to get a look for the Euro Ryder Cup team too. <laughs> The, the Euros are not taking any live people's TC. It's just not happening. You're, uh, so, so before we get like you didn't, you went all the way down the leaderboard and you stopped short of Ludwig. I know, I know. I feel like maybe you should at least answer whether you still oh, are bullish on this. You I'm still super feel like, bullish. I mean, he finished T14 okay. minus 10. He continues to play like absolute dog shit on Saturdays, and we okay. I can't figure it out. You know, we can't figure it out. The whole team. Um, you know, he shot 66, 66, 71, 67. Stats wise, he was first strokes gained off the tee for the week. He was sixth around the greens. His chipping's gotten so much better than it was when he was at Texas Tech. Putting, he was positive, gained almost two shots putting, and he lost two almost two and a half shots in approach play this week. Which I have a question just yeah. logistically. Is he even like a European Tour member? Like, has he played in enough like European Tour events? I think where... he's an affiliate member. So he's okay. that question has been answered, I believe. Okay, so he he's eligible yeah. to be picked. There's like, no more. Bottom like... line, though, is like he's been in this funk with his wedges, and I don't know if 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 I'm him, he needs to go over to Europe. He needs to go over to the DP World Tour, and let me see what they've got coming up on their schedule. God knows what they have coming up, but. Um, like I mean, he's finishing T fourteen with like his B minus game. Okay. Right. Like is like I don't yeah. know. I I like I find it. I find that to be compelling. Right. Yeah. I mean, I look and I I made this point to you in Slack. I think if they don't take him five years from now, it will seem absurd that they didn't yeah. take him because he'll be like a truly really freaking good player. Like he has the sort of Rory potential to be like that next great European dude. And so will it look, you know, I, I, I often think back about Hazeltine, like Justin Thomas was probably going to be on that team. And then Ryan Moore went on that run. It's like, okay, we're not going to take Justin Thomas, but like how much better would it have been for the U S long-term if JT had sort of been on that team, got another Ryder cup under his belt, you know, like Ryan Moore being on that team didn't make any difference one way or another, but that was just like, kind of a little bit what we talk about the old way of thinking of like, Oh, well the, the hot guy needs to get in on the end. So we're going to take the hot guy with us. And that, I mean, Ryan Moore wasn't a good fit for Hazeltine and he, I mean, he was, you know, he's a good putter, but other than that, like what was that doing for them in that, you know, Ryder cup? So I don't know, maybe look, if you're, if driving the golf ball is like super important, 
I would, if I were Luke Donald, I'd be like, yeah, we'll figure out the rest of it. Just and you know he's going to be like a cornerstone of the team for the next decade, right? Have him hit 14 fairways and give, you know, somebody yeah. like a shit ton of looks or seven looks and, you know, when he's been all been shot or whatever. Yeah, and his putting is not a liability. Like, I don't know. I I can't figure out the Saturdays. The Saturday scoring average is like two and a half or three shots higher than the other days, which is crazy. The frustrating thing about the Euro schedule is you got like the you got this ISPS Honda World Invitational at Galgorm Castle, just an absolute dog shit event. That sounds on the seventeenth to twentieth. Like they're off <laughs> yeah. for like they straight up like don't have an event, like you know other than like the Scottish Open for like seven weeks. It's crazy, and then they've got the. The Czech Masters, the 24th to the 27th, and then the European Masters. And then I think, I'm assuming that they probably close selection after that one. Um, because, you know, the, the uh, Irish Open and then the BMW PGA are after that. But I don't know, I'm not sure when when the the captain's picks need to be in. I know for, like, it's, it's after the Tour Championship for the U.S. side, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so I don't know if that, you know, I don't know when that when that lapses there. But well, you are your European correspondent, so you need I, to I should I, I should probably know that. But yeah, you would think, you know, Irish Open, BMW PGA would be cuz it's like I guess if he goes over wins the European Masters, you have to pick him. Play your way on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I we can't figure out what's going on with him. Uh, you know, on the weekend, uh, you know, specifically Saturday, it, it just doesn't make any sense. He was paired with Sam Bennett three times this week. Mm. You know, no, well, it's it's tough. It's tough for you. Well, it's tough for him too because Sam plays slow as shit, and Ludwig's probably like one of, like top ten fastest yeah, players guys. on tour. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, JT got put on the clock today. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How about yeah? I mean, we hope we can get into this, but how about Celine Boutier getting? Yeah. Getting clocked and basically refusing to sign the card. The no, oh, no, no, uh, that was that was Carlotta. Or, excuse, excuse me, Carlotta. Excuse me. <laughs> I was going to say I, Celine's I, won two weeks in a row. Whew, we'll get yeah. <laughs> That's why she was on my brain. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was sick. Sam Burns T fourteen, uh, Nikolai Hoygaard T fourteen, mm-hmm. Robert Streb T fourteen. He got he was one hundred ninety second in the FedEx Cup coming into this. Where goes Trevor? Sungjae T14. Sungjae needs to kind of I'm, I'm getting to like shit or get off the pot territory with Sungjae. Interesting. A little bit, right? You what you feel like he needs to make like a like show who he is, who he really is or what? Yeah, he probably needs to win, you know, and then people are going to flip that like oh like Tommy hasn't won da 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 da. da. And I was like, "Well, Tommy, Tommy's won a bunch on the European tour." I don't know. And then yeah, Eric Cole and Steven Yeager rounding out the T14 group there. So mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Jaeger, do you see him? Like he's made this massive leap this year in driving or in 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 like you know strokes gained. Yes, I did see this. Like it just was basically like I'm going to hit it as hard as I can every time. He said, <laughs> "quote the the key has been quote super uncommitted swings." All right. Which is like it's such a depressing reality in the in the modern game, right? Yes. That uh, did you see Bryson's comments about. I, I'm so excited because I can hit it anywhere on the face and it will end up in the fairway. And I don't have to spend hours and hours after practice like working on uh, – it's like, oh, cool. Like you 
Like the technology has gotten so good that you don't have to practice as hard anymore. Like, what, what are a, we doing? What a, what a wonderful uh, statement about modern uh, sports. It's crazy. Uh, shout out to Luke Donald, by the way. T22 yeah. this week. Love that. I, well, I'm kind of curious what, like, what his motivation is, is still like, you know, doing this. I mean, obviously the Ryder Cup captains play a schedule uh, allegedly to get like a better look at yeah. a bunch of guys. But, uh, you know, I, Luke Don doesn't need to be schlepping it to Carolinas and like, you know, grinding over, you know, I mean, he's probably, he, Luke Don's probably hitting it at like 260, 270 at this point. So he's got to, he's got to top up the bank account so he can, you know, probably funnel some more money to the Northwestern to pay, off, to pay for all those losses. Which someone should really get comment from him and Fitzy. Like there should be like Northwestern, you know, Northwestern journalism students should be grilling them every week. Yeah. Do you support what the administration did here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's it's got to be exhausting, right? I mean, Zach's yeah. been playing too. Gosh, any other kind of notable notable performances here? Not really. I didn't see anything that really jumped out. Uh, you know, I, I saw. <laughs> did you see Matt Wallace's comments? I, I did see. Please share with our listeners the Matt Wallace's uh, comments. Yeah, this is this is regarding uh, Sedgefield and, and and you know Donald Ross's work out there and just some of the some of the the runoffs and the surrounds and all that. Uh, someone asked him what he thought of the course and the setup. He said a bit pissed off actually with the finish. <laughs> yeah, just frustrated. I don't like this golf course. The runoffs are just absolutely ridiculous. It's just not fun to play. Hit a shot out of the rough on the last, and it landed on the front and runs backward 40 yards. Like, it's just not great. Yeah, I shouldn't be in the rough, but it's difficult to hit the fairway all the time, especially like this, just for me. If I don't have to come here, I wouldn't, but I kind of need to right now. <laughs> so, well, play thanks, better. Matt Wallace. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, he, fin- he finished T45, did not get in the top top 70. But, you know, I would say his, his kind of maiden voyage on – Kind of committing to the PGA Tour, finished inside the top 100. Yeah. Probably a successful season for him. Shane Lowry missed out on the top top 70. Finished started 76th. Finished T51 this week. There's been going so much drama going on with uh, the U.S. Ryder Cup team that I feel like some of those Euro guys have, have maybe started to slip a little bit in the last couple of weeks. So I was thinking that with Shane Lowry flying under bit. the flying under the radar. I was thinking that a little bit with Shane Lowry of like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to get chippy with some of these guys and kind of pull their, pull their spot like fits. Right. I'm like, all right, it's, you haven't had a great year or whatever. Lowry, I looked into it. He's like T12 at the Scottish open T19 at Hartford T20 at us open T16 at Memorial T12 at PGA championship. Like he's, it's a lot of like just really solid finishes. His floor is pretty high, I feel like. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to pull his his thing. I mean, we can do. He doesn't got, have the J, the disastrous JT 81s, yeah. whatever in the majors that he's had, but you know, it's still similar to what the kind of player JT is at this moment. He got Rory, Rom, McIntyre, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood. You got those six. You got Fitzpatrick seven, Lowry. That's, there's eight. I think Sepp's on the squad. Uh, that, that's nine. I think Team Rose is on the squad. That's ten. And then you got, yeah, you got two more. And I think, you know, a lot of people want are clamoring for Adrian Moronk. 
Yannick Paul, things of that nature. I think you have to go Ludwig. I do think they will, though. That's where I just I, – I think I understand your logic. I've been listening to it for a month. I just don't know if, like, that is the way Luke Donald thinks. I, I just – like, like okay, so Rasmus Hoygaard, probably two feast or famine. Otagwe, I don't think he's in there. You got, gosh, like, Jordan, like you know, you, if you get down below that, Jordan Smith, Jorge Campillo, Victor Perez. I, I, like, all right, like, we're, we're good on the European points side. So you've got Moronk, Norin, Seamus Power, Thomas Dietrich, who's played, like, really solid. Like, Dietrich would be an easy pick. See filler. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I think Big Bob. I think for me, Bob's in. Bob's Bob's, Bob's in, in on okay. points. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. So you've got. I don't know. I think you've got. You've got Ludwig, and then because it's just a total total dice roll anyway, right? You've got Ludwig. I would go Ludwig or, and like, Adrian Dumont Dechishart, and just that. That's it. That's what I would do. I would invest in the future. And you know they're both gonna be playing a lot this fall. You know they're both fresh. I don't know. That's that. So or you go Hoygaard. I just I don't think I don't know. You know, or or it's Moronk and Ludwig. I think that's probably the you know, that last spot is totally up for grabs though. I think, think Moronk's gonna make that team. I agree. I think so. You know, so anyway. Uh what else we got on the agenda from Wyndham? Anything? We've got Anybody else you were surprised to see kind of outside the top, you know, like I hate talking FedEx cup standings, but this is like the one week of the year where it's actually relevant. Right. Cause it's kind of like the report card for the year. I would say I was hoping ZB obviously would, you know, sneak up in there. Uh, where's it? I mean, I saw Hideki missed the cut, but I don't think Hideki ended up outside the, yeah, he's he's fifty six. Yeah, uh, it's been a sort of uninspired season from Hideki. I'll tell you someone who I, th- I feel like played really well this year mm-hmm. and just didn't quite get it over the finish line on on, on the weekends. Justin Suh. Yeah, he did. He had some some really good rounds. Justin uh, Suh finished eighty uh, first on the year, and uh, I don't know. Just felt like he he got off to big starts. He was in the mix and some big events, and just kind of faded. So. Probably played better than the scorecard would indicate this year. Yeah, Gary Woodland, what an uninspired season that's been from him. I ninety finished ninety seventh. Uh, that's no good. I don't know. It just feels like Gary Woodland should be better than he is always. Like he's he'll awesome. always kind of like pop up on leaderboards at majors, and then you know, obviously like he did pretty well at the Masters. He did pretty well at uh, the PGA. I think I I just I always feel like. He should be a better player than he is. And just, I agree. Um, the let's see who else we got. Um, my guy, Norin, my guy, Norin at 101. You know, yeah. I hate that for him. Want to want to see him earning more time out on Visby. Uh, yeah. Trey Molinax would have been Mr. 126 this year if that mm. was still a thing. Thing, yeah. Uh, Scott Stallings, 128. He's tailed yeah. off since the 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 halcyon days of, of 2022. What do you think? Oh, here, I'm curious about this since we talk about him fair, probably more than he deserves on this podcast, but what do you feel like Akshay's long-term like abilities are? Like is, is Akshay 
a potential star or a potential seat filler or somewhere in between on the tour? Uh, so he won a few weeks ago at Barracuda. Mm-hmm. He's played really well. He's still very young, right? Very young. I mean, how old is he now? 20? Probably the same age as Tom Kim, probably. It's like a decade <laughs> younger. He's 21. He's a decade yeah. younger than Ludwig, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's it's strange because I feel like I haven't watched him play a whole lot in the last year or so. So I don't know mm-hmm. if his distance has improved and all that, but he's a very good iron player. It seems like he's he's raised his floor with the driver. But I, I worry about a, kind of a 20 year old putting with the arm lock. Like if that's where you've begun your putting like journey, yeah. how like what is that going to be like for the rest of your? Uh, I just worry about his frame too of yeah. like back issues and that sort of thing. That's kind of where it I'm does, at is like it's it's just kind of a slight a slight build, you know. Okay. Right. So, but, but like maybe that's the thing. It seems like that's going to be thing for a lot of these guys here moving forward is like you know more stress on the joints more stress on the back and you know you make your money and then get out you know deject so just looking through other guys that have kind of finished the schlong 141 mm-hmm. cameron champ 142 like cameron champ should be i cameron champ needs i like i if you're still like like you drive it so much farther than everybody else like you're legitimately one of the three longest people in in all of golf and you are consistently like 125th on tour or whatever it's time to figure something else out like uh, new coaching new new approach new something like he ought to have so much of an advantage uh over the shorter hitter guys and just i don't know was the putting or the approach or what but it's crazy too to see kisner kisner finished 199th Which I'm assuming Maybe. those guys still get into the fall, yeah, you know, like through 200. But yeah, might be slipping slipping away a little bit from kids, just not having the the length to compete. Agree. Camilla was in the booth a little bit this week. Randy was, I, you know, quite chuffed. I listened to some of it. It was good. I I thought it was good. I think it's fun to hear a different accent in the uh, <laughs> the booth. Frankly, just not the same kind of. Uh, you know, inflections and tones and stuff. I thought he had some good insights. I didn't watch a ton of it. I probably, but I did after Randy pointed that out, I, I kind of, you know, let him roll for 20 minutes or so in the early part. I mean, look, some of these players who are eloquent and can give like really good insight, I think that's so valuable. It was like, it's the big miss on like, if Phil could have, you know, had the the chair after Faldo, like Phil would have been really freaking good at that and would have made a lot of money at doing it. And, you know, we'll never know like probably what that would be like going forward. Cause would sure Phil, Phil have has- been like Romo though, where like you love him the first two seasons first, and then, yeah. and then you're like, God, fuck this guy. Like He's, he's trying to like I mean, predict everything and just talk. What, too a, much. What, what a, what a quick summary of Phil's entire personality, right? right? God, I love this guy. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I don't know that I do. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think he, he does have a way of explaining things that I think is is always kind of really compelling. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, doing it at the Masters this year. Even when he's, he's, you know, he was such a sourpuss early at the Masters and was like refused to speak to anyone at the Champions Dinner. And then when he played that early, like Thursday, good round, and he hit like driver off the deck into eight, uh, 
and he we kind of kept prodding him and prodding him a little bit during the media session and he just like lit up finally he was like all right look i've been everywhere on this course and let me explain <laughs> to you like why that and it was really fun and really insightful and i i just i feel like those are kind of lost uh opportunities i mean who knows you yeah. know life is long and there may be many kind of Maybe uh, maybe he'll eventually need the money come. again. Maybe <laughs> maybe, you know who knows. I mean, if if what we're hearing from some things, you know, he lost a lot of money gambling. It's, it's, this book is going to come out soon, and I think it's going to detail just how much uh, was lost uh, in the gambling in the, with uh, Billy Walters. And wow, from from some of the numbers that we're hearing, it's pretty pretty staggering. Uh, so. You know, Phil says he's not gambling in that way anymore, and who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for to do a whole pod about that book when uh, and it, when it's ready to drop. Maybe maybe a multi pod series. <laughs> we got Tiger joining the board this week. A little uh, what was that Tuesday news drop yeah. there? Uh, there were a lot of nuggets in that press release. Let's dig into that a little bit here because I think there's some Please some interesting stuff. Uh, this is this is on the PGA Tour website. PGA Tour agrees with players on new governance and transparency measures. Welcomes Tiger Woods as a policy board member. That was the that was the headline. You know, there are all sorts of stuff about being a player driven organization for the players by the players. Da 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 da. So Tiger will be the sixth the sixth director. So the new board will be six player directors, five independent directors, and then the PGA of America director. So he joins. Cantley, Hoffman, Malnati, McRib, and Webb Simpson. And then they've got Hurley, Jimmy Dunn, uh, Mark Flaherty, Mary Meeker, and then big Randall Stevenson's replacement, and then John Linder from the PGA of America. So let's see here. So it says, first, the players and Commissioner Monaghan will work together to amend the policy board's governing docu documents to make it clear that no major decision can be made in the future without the prior involvement and approval of the player directors, which mm -hmm. sounds like, I mean, that's kind of a repudiation of that entire process, right? Indeed. That, there's a clear, like, you better effing do this uh, or we are not moving forward with any of this stuff and which, you will all be looking for work. That's what's crazy to me is, like, the fact that that statement can even be made and Jay Monahan yeah. still has a job. I wonder if, you know, there's a sort of a, a deal here being made essentially that, like, okay, like, if you want to keep your job – Tiger has to be essentially like one of the major decision makers going forward. And you have to sort of go, you know, you have to come out against the rollback and you have to do this for us or else we're ousting you in like whatever way we can. Like I, I have no insight into whether that's true or not, but like it sure smells like. Well, Tiger's pro rollback. He is. But so who knows, like, yeah. you know, who, who knows what Tiger's like private position is. I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. suggest that he's like duplicitous about it, but like, Obviously, the, a lot of the most of the players are not in Tiger and Rory's camp on that. But I think like Tiger, you know, if if they didn't sort of have Tiger become in a position of power, you have to think that like Jay wasn't going to be keeping his job. But that's uh, the thing. It's like, what is Jay's job at this point? Is he just a he's like just a puppet now, right? And I don't know. It's like, it, all right. So we'll continue on here. Uh, Second, the player director's special advisor, Colin Neville, will be fully aware of the state of the negotiations contemplated by the framework agreement. And as such, Neville will be provided with full access to any documents or information that he requests as being necessary for him to carry out his duties on behalf of the players. So that's Colin Neville of the Rain Group. Um, again, all this shit would have been a lot easier if they just would have talked to Colin Neville like two or three years ago. 
uh, everything's coming full circle here, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I feel like, all right, you've got an adult in the room there. You've got mm-hmm. um, someone who lives outside their echo yeah. chamber, I yeah. think is an important aspect of this. It's like, hey, I've dealt in the real world. I see that what how the private equity world is like, how much money is or isn't available out there. And I can help you if you listen to me. Yeah, he's worked on selling NBA teams. He's currently, I think, working on selling Manchester United. He just finished selling Chelsea. Like he knows, you know, he knows how this shit works. He knows how media deals work, all that stuff. But it's just crazy to me. Like, I feel like we're getting out of before it was like the worst of both worlds, right? It's like, it's a player run tour, but it really wasn't a player run tour. But the people in charge didn't like were too arrogant and too like they just they just had no creativity or foresight. So now it's like, all right, the players know they have the power, but they're also like, hey, we like I would assume that them bringing Colin is like, hey, like it's there's there's certain things there of like, Hey, we like, we're bringing in an expert here. Like we don't have all the answers, you know? And, but you guys don't have all the answers either. And you've led us into this terrible, terrible scenario and misplayed every single hand that we've been dealt. And so like that, that's my thing of like, at some point they just need to fucking clean house at the tour. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works in most businesses. If you like are in a huge, you know, clusterfuck of a situation, like I, but I mean, until the players like demand as such, like who is there out there to basically, you know, clean house and say, I mean, I, what I get took away from this DC is like Tiger now has, he's not going to play a lot going forward, but he has tremendous power going forward to shape the future of golf because who is really going to sit in those meetings and basically say to Tiger, like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about on this. Like, you you need to stand down on this. We, we've got this figured out. Like, they're all going to – like, he's going to have not only enormous sway over the players who are ultimately have the majority now, but also the sort of other executives who are still, like, look at him like he's a deity. Like, Tiger, in a lot of ways, is going to end up deciding what a lot of the future looks like for golf. Tiger and Yasser, probably. Like, I, I can't imagine that – you know, two other people matter more than those two, right? In terms of, and and if Yasser can like, I mean, I do think that maybe we were sort of a little bit, you know, dismissive of like live in the past. But what I think now is that like Yasser, I'm certainly the Saudis want to be in the Tiger Woods business, right? Whether it's having a Tiger Woods design course or having Tiger potentially come to a clinic there. I don't know that Rory will ever do anything like that. In fact, I doubt it. But I think Tiger has always sort of shown like, yeah, I'm willing to sort of go to the Middle East and, you know, make my money and do things that way. So if like if the Saudis say to him like, hey, we would love to have you design a course here. We'd love to do this. And Tiger says, OK, cool. But like, I don't think that live is going to be a part of like what we want going forward. Man, if you're the Saudis, that seems like an easy call to be like, OK, cool. Like we'll have a team series and we won't call it live. We'll call it something else. And you can have your own team. You don't ever have to play. And you know, we'll, we'll tailor it however you want, but like whatever we can get tiger, like to have you involved, like we're, we're on board with that. So if I were like, if I were Phil, like this, this Phil tweet about, you know, Oh, it's so great that tiger's involved. No fucking way, man. Like, come on with that. Like, no, I, I don't think anybody hates live more than tiger. A hundred percent. Yeah. So this idea that like that made Phil happy, like, yeah, the players having more control 
might've made Phil happy. And, and look, like, is there a scenario, like if you could go back in time where Phil could have played this tiger role where he was the person who was like, look, I'm willing to be on the board. I'm willing to, I mean, maybe Phil felt like those people weren't willing to listen to him ever. And this was, that was what made him so frustrated, but you know, now tiger has the sort of power that Phil wanted, which is to say like, Hey, we don't care about the mules and Hey, like we are going to shape golf to how we want it as the players. That's what a player run organization is about. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it's basically, you know, um, I don't know. Tiger said, I'm honored to represent the players of PJ tour. This is a critical point for the tour. Da, 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 da. Players thank commissioner Monahan for agreeing to address our concerns. And we look forward to being at the table with him to make the right decisions for the future of the game that we all love. He has my confidence moving forward with these changes. And, uh, and you know, it's basically saying, too, like, the player directors will have full transparency and the authority to approve or to decline to approve any potential changes to the tour as part of the framework agreement discussions. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what that means. I mean, we saw, like, the, the leak of the schedule this week. Um, Eamon reported on that. No huge bombshells. I think everything was pretty much, you know, but it's kind of another instance of it's just the same shit over and over and over again, right? Like there's no, all right, we're losing match play. Houston moves to the the spring, which I actually, I think Houston's going to get a pretty good field in the spring. And they're kind of sandwiched between Valspar and uh, Valero. And uh, I think, you know, so Pebble becomes a signature, a, a quote unquote signature event. Um, which would be interesting. That'll be 70, you know, 70 or 75 spots. Um, notably Tigers event. Um, so Genesis, Bay Hill and Memorial stay as cut events. So I think that'll be like 95 to cut down to 50 or something like that. Um, so that'll be interesting. That was a big thing for Tiger and Jack, I think. Uh, I think the biggest news here is the CJ cup honoring Byron Nelson. You know, okay. what, <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing guys? I mean, uh, in all seriousness, I'm excited that Pebble is a, is like yeah, a designated. That'd be great. So that we'll, we'll get to see Rory at, at, yeah. uh, and Scotty play Pebble and stuff. And yeah. a bunch of people who otherwise wouldn't. And a smaller field too. And like, you know, I, yeah. I assume that'll be probably what, two days of, I'm assuming it'll be two days of pro-am then instead of three and maybe, maybe spyglass. And you know, I'll be keen to see how they do that and fold the celebrities in and do all that stuff while also making it like a 20 or $25 million event. Right. That's kind of a interesting dichotomy there. Yeah. Your, uh, your friends in Canada get kind of, you know, boned, oh. also boned <laughs> by the, the big after the masters. It's, how about that, man? I mean, it's it's the poor Canadians just say, like they they got to stand up for themselves because they keep taking like all the lumps here. Oh, they're they're I, so it's so it's so it's heritage after Masters. They're still they're still they're still elevated there, but. and then they're they're uh, so it goes PGA, uh, which the Myrtle Beach Classic opposite the Wells Fargo Championship. That's pretty dystopian. <laughs> that'll be like that'll that'll be a tough scene. But the so it goes PGA, Colonial. RBC Canadian Open and then Memorial US Open Travelers three, you know, either major or designated event in a row. So no, nobody's playing Canada. Nobody's playing Canada. <laughs> Except for Sanjay, maybe if he Which, can get in. You know, maybe three. that's fitting of like the Ontario Open. You know, but yeah, I mean, it's God. It's like 
like the tour goes out of their way seemingly to shit on RBC and the Canadian Open, and they just keep coming back for more. It's their gluttons for punishment. I uh, yeah. I mean, maybe they should call the Canadians should call the trap draw hotline and they should, you know, <laughs> let their their concerns be heard. Well, um, otherwise, the only one that's really sandwiched between two two designated events is uh, the Phoenix Open, which I feel like that can probably survive on its own merits, and they do a good enough job. Totally there, right. I mean that that's already like an event, and that's going to be yeah. a party event that people are going to. You know, you're going to get Rom in that. You're going to get probably Scheffler in it anyway. I don't think Rory's going there, but, you know, you'll get a lot of the top guys anyway. So, yeah. And then, of course, next year's an Olympic year as well. So you got the little break there between 3M and, and Wyndham. Barbasol does not have a sponsor right now. Opposite field event, TBA. Opposite. You and I might. You and I might have to go to the Paris Olympics. Just you know, take in Paris. That's you're. I mean, Are you're they always playing the golf at, at uh, the Golf National? I do not know the answer to that. I. That's a good question. We should look that up. But they should. They should play it at uh, Morfontaine. They really should play at um, Morfontaine. Let's see here. Twenty twenty four Olympic golf. Like golf national. There we go. Oh, that's that's a that's a bummer because you know would have thought. Maybe you and I'll go over, play a little uh, more Fontaine, and then take in the golf. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It says, quote, with with Golf National, 120 players from the Olympic tournament will find a setting and a course to match their ambitions. Mm. So, uh, and then, yeah, I think the only other notable thing, the Palm Beach event does not have a sponsor. No carrier. The AC company was, was interested in that one, but Nothing as of yet. Raytheon hasn't signed on for anything yet either. <laughs> so, which we had, we had heard. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the pod. We, had heard, we did. So. We had heard about Raytheon that, that it wasn't the tour that, that it wanted to be, or that like was was afraid of being uh, associated, associated with the status. It was Raytheon yeah. being, not wanting to be associated with the tour. <laughs> <laughs> Raytheon did not want to mess up their relationship with the Saudis potentially because yeah. you know listen there's if one thing the world has shown there's a lot of weapons to be sold around the world and you don't want to piss off defense contractors in yeah. any way this is there um other schedule stuff the Irish Open is going to Royal County down next oh, year this is why so excited about this. this week that'll be awesome yeah. so you know props to the Irish for finally you know getting back to it it's been it's been a few years so KVV, anything else you want to riff on with Liv? You know, I, I know the Aces are finished last place. Torque has now won three of the last four events. Anything else stick out to you? Not really. I mean, I do think like we talked a little bit about Bryson earlier. That feels like uh, you know, it, it does feel like we underplayed that a little bit just because yeah. um it's you know, it's Bryson. And uh <laughs> I mean what look. Uh, Bryson, I've little been a little bit more sympathetic to Bryson than you. You've tried to remind me that uh, he has treated a lot of people poorly uh, throughout uh, his rise and that he's not always the sympathetic figure that me, who overdoses on empathy, sometimes uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes try to make him out to be. Uh, he's more like golf is more interesting when he's around, even if he's uh, kind of, you know, obnoxious. But um, I... <laughs> 58 is pretty good. And I, I hope, I hope he's like back at being a good player consistently in majors because that would, you know, be fun for, 
all of us, I think, just to have Bryson as someone to talk about. Um, you know, nobody's only one guy's ever shot 58 before in a, I guess, I, I, I guess that's not quite fair because like Furyk really did it in a, in a PGA Tour event where we know the standard was and we know that no one's ever done it that in a PGA Tour event where, you know, we have certain standards for what the course setup should be. That's the uh, thing. Like, like I'm super keen to know, have, like, like what was the yeah. setup at Greenbrier? Right? Yeah. Like, did they it looked just, like, I mean, a lot of guys were shooting really low scores. So it did not seem like it was, you know, totally out of the ordinary. Uh, I'd be super keen to know, like, what, you know, what was the setup and compare and contrast that with how the PGA Tour set it up. They were there. And, and not, you know, like, not being facetious. Like, maybe it was the exact same setup. And, and if that's the case, more, you know, more power to Bryson. It's also interesting. Stuart Appleby shot 59 there at Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. And then... Somebody else did too, right? Uh, I think that is correct. Uh, third sub sub sixty score there. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was interesting. Brooks uh, coming back from baby leave uh, minus mm-hmm. minus three for the week. Beat his brother by one. <laughs> Love that for him. I mean, glad that he was able to you know get that done. I, it's fun. I'm sitting here on the live website. I'm trying to like literally like be able to go down the leaderboard and I can't even effing do it. It's like just all this team stuff. Like, I, yeah, you got to click around and then you got to go to all rounds and all that. But I, I, I did think it was interesting. Matt Wolf beat Brooks by 13 shots in three rounds. That's listen, suck it Brooks. Like he <laughs> called out Matt Wolf and you know, he yeah. delivered, uh, yeah. um, I, I, I look the corrupt the the anti corrupt golf media is telling us we're not talking enough about live. Make your damn website a little bit easier to read. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go back and watch the highlights. I'll report back TC on uh, what the highlights were like. Maybe you know, maybe it's time to write a Bryson column. Yeah, or something just sort of see. I love that. Uh, but also Ron Cross, chief like events officer for mm. Live, getting forced out this week. Yeah, I wonder. I, I have That's no idea what that means. Uh, I saw Joel Beal referred to him as one of the few serious uh, voices in the room, which yeah. uh, sent sent the live boys into a, a tizzy. Ex, but ex PGA Tour, ex Augusta National, uh, or Masters guy. So interesting. We would be remiss if we didn't give some love to the Women's Scottish Open. Uh, I watched quite a bit of it yesterday. I didn't see too too much today. Um, Celine Boutier is in fuego right now. Um, she wins by two. She won last week at Evian. She won this week by two. Wasn't really all that close. Um, Hugo Kim shot 65 to finish two back. Um, Maya Stark and Hinako Shibuno were both kind of really like played really, really nice the first two days. Maya shot 69, 65. This was at Dundonald links, which I'm not a huge fan of Dundonald, kind of a fake links, if you will. Um, but you know, I think Hanako shot like 77 on Saturday. Um, so not great there. Maya finished T4. She had an ace today, but still shot 71. Um, Patty T continuing to show some signs of life. T6 for her. Madeline Sagstrom, T9, heading into next week at Walton Heath for uh the women's British. And then we've got uh Minji played quite well. Stephanie Kiriaki continues her good play this season. So uh, Lynn Grant, T20. I would be remiss if I didn't didn't mention her as well. So always a good event. Would have loved some more more conditties though. 
Any 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 picks for the women's British Open? You know, we got some of our our hitters going over there to, to do yeah. some radio, a new new venture for NLU to be calling live radio, live golf on the radio. Yeah, open uh, radio. Uh, Cody and I was supposed to be going over. It's first week of school for Freddie this week. I wanted to be home for him with that. So uh, you can tune in. They make it super easy on the app and on the website. Tune in radio wise. Um, we'll tweet when they're live and all that, but yeah, Randy and, and Cody joining that. I'm stoked. I think Walton Heath's going to be great. Proper, proper ball strikers, golf course, a lot of elevation change, a lot of Heather. Have you, have you played Walton Heath? I have not. I have not. Oh. I, I watched the, I watched a, like way too much of the British masters a few years ago when they had it there. Okay. The weather was awful. Um, kind of, this has to be the, I kind of enjoyed the it. Rare, the rare course that I have played that you have not. Really? what do you think? Uh, yeah. So, I uh, liked it a lot. Solly and I played 36 there uh, after the uh, Burkdale uh, Open in 17. We we did a little tour of the Heathland uh, lands and uh, played St. George's Hill and played Walton Heath and uh, had a, a lovely time there. Had it with a, a proper lunch in between. And uh, so I've heard from people that it's it's more, you know, big ballpark, plenty of space to put grandstands, plenty of space for logistics. Not quite as much soul or as much, you know, uh, atmosphere as some of the other Heathland, mm-hmm. Surrey kind of courses, but you know, proper proper Heathland course and kind of holds its own. And it's 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 a really good tournament golf course. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, it you know they have the, the sort of the purple, you yeah. know, flowers that bloom there, and that kind of makes it. <clears throat> keep, you know, they keep the perp by the pound. Yeah, <laughs> you you hit it into that stuff, and it is a total like guessing game of whether you can hit it out of there uh or whether you're totally boned uh, and you're going to break your wrist trying so uh i'm I, I liked it a lot i still have a a pullover from there that i wear a lot that uh this just was a, a very cool uh stroll that day so yeah we'll have a preview up this week of that as well yes we will uh, had some quick hitters here real quick uh western am i had a lot of fun watching this our guy gustav from played quite yeah. well we had I was disappointed to see Gordon Sargent skipping that one. Uh, Kazuma Kobori from New Zealand, 21-year-old, one. You know, of course, Akshay is the same age. Tom Kim's the same age. It's really not that impressive, right? <laughs> no, but uh, very, very short hitter, I think, uh, which is always in play. So played played quite well. Uh, Western's an impressive win, too. You know, yeah. between stroke play like that and then, like, it's like a, it's a slog, man. You got to play a lot of golf. So, yes, you do. Um, what else we got? Angel Cabrera was released from prison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, apparently, uh, I, w- I was I was joking that I thought he should just get to be the honorary starter at the Masters. You know, like he served his time. What uh, what a better testament to you know the fairness of the criminal justice system. If you serve your time, you can go back to your old life. But apparently, he cannot uh, like get a visa now because oh. he's a convicted felon. So it's unlikely that he'll be able to play the Masters. This is mostly speculative from what I, I did some reading on it, though. So, uh, but I, I would, you know, look, obviously it looks like what Onhill did was some horrible shit. So definitely like in, in real life, he should not be uh, allowed to come back to the Masters after, you know, assaulting his uh, partner or whatever. But the, a part of me thinks that Onhill should just try to show up, like, you know, sneak him into the country in a private plane who because what is fred gonna really gonna bar him at the door from showing up like you know it says lifetime uh until you're 65 that you should get to come to the masters why not roll the dice and try he should holler for great theater he should holler at wayne player 
He should. <laughs> I, I think Wayne's got some experience doing doing travel company. Wayne Wayne could at least get him some like counterfeit tickets so yeah. get him, you know, up through the gate. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, excuse me. That's right. Uh Corn uh, Ferry just wrapped. Roger Sloan is your winner out in Utah. Uh you know, it's like a hundred and thirtieth start on the Corn Ferry tour. He's thirty-six. I'm kind of like like if you bounce down enough times, like if you have your PGA tour card, then bounce down enough times back to Corn Ferry. Ooh. Like that's it, man. Or like you should have to take a year or two off. And then I, I love this idea. You threw this out on our Slack about if eventually you should just have to go play on another tour. Like you shouldn't get to keep bouncing up and like around. You, you can still play pro golf. You just like, you just can't play in Corn <laughs> You should Ferry have to anymore. go play in Europe. Yeah. That would be great. That would, you know, that's how we, you know, like you've used up potential. your eligibility. Yeah, <laughs> you know more more Americans should have to go over and play. Yeah, Europe. there were a few I guys should in be... that boat this week that you know, like Roger Sloan, yeah. Jamie Lovemark, some other guys. I'm just like, man, like you've kind of got you took a shot. Yeah, it's just not there, you know. And like you know, people are t- tossing like Tom Lehman at me or Spencer Levine. I'm like, Spencer Levine had he's had a very successful PJ Tour career, and like he's he's shy of 125 Corn Ferry Tour starts, so. I've often thought that that would be sort of an interesting book of like life on the margins of like the Corn tour, but like about 10 people would read it. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think I want to de- dedicate a year of my life to yeah. writing about uh, that. So Actually, KVV, I wanted to get your take on this. So okay. this, this college conference realignment debacle. Oh, man. I, I think I, I like I haven't seen anybody look at it through the prism of college golf as of yet. And Cal oh. and Stanford are both very good, you know, collegiate golf programs, as well <laughs> as like Oregon and Oregon and, and Washington are going to be total like fish <laughs> out of water playing, playing in the Big Ten. From hey, a kids, golf perspective. we have an in-conference match against Rutgers. <laughs> this week so we're gonna need you to miss seven days of school for uh for yeah. a match against Rutgers. yeah it's uh not good i mean it just it's you know i kind of joked on twitter it's like it's the true like disease of more uh having consumed college golf like everybody is just like hey i mean i i saw tc something i don't know if you saw this uh, that cal cal has 439 million dollars in athletic debt yeah uh, because they built, like they, they tried to they, instead of knocking the stadium down, they tried to renovate the stadium, and it it sits on the fault line. Right? <laughs> so Cal, one of our premier athletic, excuse me, academic institutions in the entire United States, like anybody who sends their kid to Cal, would feel pretty proud of like, hey, you know, my kid went to Berkeley, they're going to get a great you know degree, great education, they can get a, a job at a lot of different places. They so got caught up in the arms race of college sports, mainly football, yeah. that they're now almost, you know, half a billion dollars in debt, which is just fucking stupid. It's crazy. Like, at what point? At what point do colleges just need to truly, like, get out of the minor league sports thing? They'll never do it because of its being such yeah. a potential like money maker for, you know, the the winners of the whole deal. But God, it's just. It's just gross to think about. I mean, like the the way that the Pac-12 like fucked up their thing so badly, like that is one of the that should be like taught in business classes. Of, well, like, I'm sure it will disaster. be. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be a whole Larry Scott <laughs> case what a study. disaster. Yeah. You know, I've I've heard some stories about that dude who like he just was so clueless, but yeah. did not know at all how like 
you know, TV rights and stuff worked when he decided to kind of Leroy Jenkins his way into like the, rejecting ESPN's <laughs> deals and stuff and going on their own. I thought the handshake agreement that the other guy, the current guy, Clive yeah. Cobb or whatever that, that he, you know, had with the big 12 and the ACC. Like I looked him in the eye. <laughs> Glad he's a good man. Uh, but I mean, like it's like Stanford even like I was reading a Pat 40 column earlier about the effect that this will have from a, Olympics perspective too, because Cal and Stanford produce so many Olympians in so many sports, you know, track and field and swimming and water polo and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like, what does Stanford do? Right? Like that's a, they're like one of the best athletic programs in the country year in, year out. You know, Cal's got kind of an interesting, I mean, Cal probably has too many sports too, but like some of these programs I think are going to probably move to like, like Boston College has like like their swimming is like cool. Like you want to swim here? It's like it's a D one sport, but we like basically fund it like a like a club sport, you know. So you can have the same collegiate experience, but we're not going to put any money into it. Um, you know, I don't know. I just think about like like the Pac twelves, right? Of like, you know, I mean, I know like that's like so far down the 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 priority list and the ladder as far as eyeballs and. You know, but it, it like it sucks that like UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington like aren't playing golf together anymore in Stanford. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And then Oregon State and Washington State get completely fucked. Uh, and then it makes me wonder too, of like, you know, you see what's going on with Florida State, or like you wonder what, what like like at what point do schools like Alabama or Georgia or Florida get together and say, you know what, fuck Vanderbilt, fuck Missouri. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what are they bringing to the table? You know, let's increase our share here. I mean, look, at, at this point, make them into a 20 per, you know, team super conference, leave yeah. everybody else behind, let everyone else go back to sort of sanity. I, I just think these people who are fucking with the golden goose of like, not like always thinking we need more, 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 we need to get involved in, you know, our own regional network. We need to basically like, you know, be getting $50 million distribution per school, of all this stuff like it it ruins the basic the thing that makes college sports special and tolerable to a lot of people it's like hey you know i i realize this is essentially minor league sports i mean it's so funny to talk to people in europe like i was talking to jamie weir about this about college sports in europe they're just like what are you talking about like this none of this makes any sense it's just it's just minor league sports right but in america we have this like sheen of like you know, oh, like it's no, it's special because it's like my school, it's my alma mater, and it matters. You know, the rivalries are what matter. If you fuck with that, then what is the difference between you know it being minor league sports and not? And so, there, there's the greed and the sort of lust for more money has grown so much that they are fucking with that. They are tearing up the tradition and the rivalries of it. And eventually, I feel like the backlash is going to come where it's like, hey. What do I care about this? If Oregon and Oregon State aren't going to be playing each other, why would I bother to worry? I mean, like I grew up, you know, in the same town as the University of Montana. I played two years of college football there. Montana, Montana State still means something to me. I wouldn't care if Montana was like a bigger, better school and was suddenly like, you know what? We can make $20 million playing Idaho or playing Wyoming. None of that would mean shit to me. I'd just be like, I don't nothing matters of that. I want to see them play Montana state. I want to see them play their traditional rivals, Eastern Washington, all that stuff. And that's at a larger scale. That's what's going to happen. I think, you know, that look, 
You want Ohio State to play Alabama in the championship game every year? Great. Go off and do that and leave the rest of college sports alone so that, you know, there can still be a golf match or a swimming match or a water polo match yeah. between Cal and Stanford. Well, there's certain stuff too that, that you know, it's like, it, it's all about this inventory, right? And, you know, all these networks want inventory. At some point, like, no, nobody's going to give a shit about half this inventory, right? No. Like Maryland, you know, Maryland versus Washington. Who cares, right? Or like, like nobody cares about half these matchups that were taking place anyway, and then lump more onto them, you know? And it's kind of the same thing with like the PGA Tour schedule, right? Of yeah. like, it's like the fall series almost. It's like, yo, like yeah. they, these tournaments are happening. Nobody gives a shit. It waters down the product and the best players aren't playing against each other. The conferences are able to hold like, you know, the TV networks hostage in the sense of like, all right, if you want like Alabama, Auburn, you got to, you know, give us, you know, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, you got to put that on ESPN two, or you got to put that on the SEC network. You got to put that on ESPN, you know, but that's where Plus some of this stuff is so tiered now to where the big 10 has their partner with CBS, NBC and Fox. Now, and it's like, you know, some of them get the best games, right? And it's like, at some point, like, these lower tier games, even within the Big Ten, aren't going to matter or mean anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. I will say, though, like, you, I've, I've often joked about this with the live stuff. And this is all, it's not just live, it's like PJ Tour stuff, too. You can basically put any football game anywhere and it will draw a higher rating than any golf matchup. Yeah, so, totally. like, at least football is being driven by demand whereas golf yeah. is being driven by fantasy and like the the reward of it financially is driven by a country that's wants to improve its reputation yeah and but the football at least can sort of say like yeah well there's a lot of people who are going to watch this and so we'll put it on television for them to watch and we can sell commercials off of that that doesn't exist for golf well it's funny too if like if, if golf gave a shit about the product you know, you look at baseball, like baseball is having a massive comeback season. They had a huge oh, weekend right. this weekend, right? And it's like, so the cool. tons of sellouts, like a 14 sellouts or something. Yeah, like Sunday? what they like, do, they, they rolled back the ball and they started enforcing pace of play, right? And, you know, like what does golf need to do? Probably somewhat they, similar stuff. And then they didn't let themselves be held hostage by the biggest hitters and they let like yeah. skill, like sort of, you know, uh, be differentiated between like different kinds of players and people. And yeah. then they, and then they, you know, and if golf just did that, then we could go to more interesting venues and we could like, it, it opens up so many more interesting things. So I don't know. All, I think all that to say too, is like, it's, it's funny too, of like, I, I, you know, I'm a little bit, we're heading into like FedEx cup playoff season, get excited, right? We've got the next three weeks or Memphis, uh, Chicago. I'm actually excited for Chicago. I'm gonna, you know, I'm somewhat excited for Memphis too. Like, I think there's going to be, I'm keen to see like who comes out firing if speed, you know, if speed's playing well or, you know, like who's, who's kind of back to the grind a little bit, but like even in August, even before football starts, I still feel like this shit gets washed out to the point of like, does it even matter trying to stay away from football and steer clear from football? Like I would rather have the playoffs in September or October, you know, or, or even earlier on and do them in, you know, do them in early July or something like that. But I don't know. I just feel like everybody's on vacation. It's August. Kids are going back to school soon. It's just like everybody golf is the last thing on people's minds right now. You know, at least watching golf, playing golf. Yeah. Like sign me up. 
you know? Yeah. So. I still think it like the, I think it's Shane Bacon's idea is like, if you could just flip the whole, th- if you could rethink the whole thing and have it build throughout like the winter yeah. to like where, you know, the players is the Super Bowl of your PGA tour season, whatever, and that would mean something, right? Like yeah. that kick off the, like made, it would build interest up into the major season and the majors could sort of, but they won't, you know, it's part of the problem with the PGA tour, like being sort of, you know, insecure about not having a major it's like they they want to sort of be on the same level as majors instead of like realizing like maybe we should be different like differentiating yeah. ourselves from that product and build towards something else speaking of golf that i am actually excited about this week though u.s women's am at bel-air oh love that yeah prime time i mean uh bel-air's freaking wild uh it's gonna show so well on tv i'm i'm really really stoked for that one it's been awesome the last couple of years chambers bay was sick nice Got so. any uh, any any ladies you're watching in particular? But, uh, Saki Baba, as always, defending, you know. right? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's always something like I try not to research too much. I like to be surprised. I'm sure, okay. you know, Anna Davis, Anna Morgan. We'll see what happens. Um, I got to go through the field a little bit. I'm not even sure who's qualified or not qualified. So um, we'll see on that front. And then KVV. Last thing I had on the uh, on the agenda, Jack Nicholas. Mm. Lost, what? lost what? his his case, uh, name, image, likeness. He, he he lost the claim to his name. I hate that for for he who should be previously known as Jack Nicholas TC. That's tough. You know, we got all these college Robert, athletes. Won't even let me use my name anymore. You know, all these Ohio State kids, they can use their name, and make money off of it. I can't even. I can't even do it. This is ridiculous. Yeah, you know. I was- I mean, Andy Katzenmore, he got to sell his name, you know, back in the day. God, I haven't heard that name forever. Loved Andy Katzenmore. <laughs> like just cowboy collar. Like if you were going to invent yes. an Ohio State linebacker from scratch. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, housekeeping-wise, NLU-wise, uh, like, like we said, Cody and Randy over in London. We'll have some videos coming out. I think the Italy video is coming out this week. Uh, I promise people can yell at me online if it's not. I think we've got another film room coming out this week as well. One of our other uh, Omni film rooms as well. And then uh, we'll have a trap draw recording uh, uh, owner's pod this week. Hell yeah. I'm stoked for that. Yeah. I'm very excited for this owner's pod. Yeah. Uh, It's been, it's been in the, it's been cooking for a little bit. Uh, I I don't want to reveal who we're digging into, uh, but I I know you and Neil and I are, are, uh, pretty jacked about this three three uh very very strong uh candidates here so and then at some point thanks thanks to the people out there who who heard the first owner's pod and called for more they've They've been been, clamoring for it they've really been clamoring for it yeah i think assuming the success of this one uh continues we'll uh you know we'll continue to take some you know input we'll probably just do what we want but i think this will be a series that continues throughout the uh the fall and, and beyond yeah, and then I think we'll have, uh, I'm not sure if it's this week or in the coming weeks, I'm going to look forward to a little Neil Golf Adjacent video from Hoylake, mm-hmm. sponsored by Flick I, I got to see some of that up close. Uh, participated in, in only maybe 10% of it, but uh, it was very fun to see Neil out there glamping and uh, and talk to him every day about how that experience was. He saw he saw how the other half lives, you know. It was uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting characters you meet at three in the morning uh, at the, the uh, campsite. I yeah. will say, Open Championship, 
one of the best deals though out there going like you can get your whatever if you want to go to the open championship and and you can get picked in the you know to be in the campsite yeah. it costs like you know 50 bucks or 50 pounds a night you're not going to find that you're going to either a single place around an open championship for you know under 200 pounds a night or whatever so it's a hell of a deal if you can you know yeah. get get a nice little setup there and we met tons and tons of people were uh very you know super enthusiastic buying us beers like wanting to you know we, we were joking that we were going to like end up singing karaoke that didn't happen thank god uh but uh they had a nice scene there in the, at the campsite we'll have to run it back at troon next year you know Love that <laughs> uh yeah i i think the only complaint about the open championship was the merchandise this year was just ungodly expensive right yeah I I did one dip into the merch tent and uh, was not really impressed with the selection and also the prices seemed yeah pretty high. Usually I try to get like one thing from every open at least, you know, because it just feels kind of cool. Like people like, oh, you went to Hoy Lake, cool. Like just didn't, I couldn't find anything in there that was. Uh, I'll tell you what you was know. fire. They had those yellow umbrellas. Oh yeah, those were great. Those were great. Uh, it would rain so much early that I was there was they were totally gone, so you couldn't yeah. get any umbrellas. But if I if I could get, I, I want to say real quick too while we're on the, I want to just say thank you to all the people who like offered to like go and get my clubs out of the Newcastle <laughs> airport. I must have had fifteen messages of people be like, Kev, you know, Kev, I'll I'll go do this for you. What a nice testament to the NLU community that someone was basically going to go and storm the luggage department in newcastle on tyne and get my clubs and, and upon a upon tyne upon tyne thank gonna, you they're gonna That's come right. after you. you i know <laughs> but that was that was just very very cool so yeah i mean i i think some people were were threatening to storm uh necker island down in the in the pvis richard branson's yes. personal <laughs> island <laughs> yeah. uh bob herrick just sent me a thing about a, a woman who the airline said that her bag was lost and so she she knew where it was because of an air tag. So she that. went and, and <laughs> flew to it and got it. Don't yeah. <laughs> somebody tagged me in that this week and and uh the person in the luggage office was like, We would have sent this to you. Like, you didn't have to come. And she was like, I couldn't get a hold of you. They wouldn't, they wouldn't yeah. tell me. Exactly. You can't yeah. get a hold of them. Yeah. That's the most infuriating thing. I oh. there might be I'm 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 tempted, TC, to use whatever journalistic powers I have left do an entire like story about golf club uh crimes committed by airlines uh, just like just how, on pros or on no everybody. just on everybody okay. like this oh, we should i should open this up to people to send me an email if you're listening if you've listened to the end of this pod you're you're a true <laughs> believer and and you send me an email about what happened to your golf clubs on an airline and how like helpless yeah. and angry you felt because it's time to put some of these people on notice that we are going to rise up and we're not going to take this anymore uh, you know what? And, and the the trap draw will sponsor that. It'll Thank be, you. You know, <laughs> might as be the first like deep NLU deep dive investigative project. What yeah. to do when the airline just absolutely shits all over your golf vacation by stealing your clubs and <laughs> lying about where they are? Uh, well, with that, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for hopping on KVV. Good to have you back. Always, from- TC from your travels out West and, uh, and thank you to everybody who bought something in the NIU pro shop this week. We had mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of our fall collection stuff starting to drop a lot of our H and B foot joy, new head covers, all sorts of stuff. So thank you to everybody that bought something should be arriving here in the coming days. And we hope you enjoy it. If you haven't yet, 
check us out. Small shop. Two, two of my friends, Corey and Amanda, they played in the in the couples tournament in our thing in our country club today, and they had matching NLU outfits. How about which that? Is incredible. Yeah. How about that? So stuff it. for the ladies in there too. Yeah. That's right. So uh, good stuff. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.